0: Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. But did you know that the flow of grace is also the flow of generosity? And, and I think that is often missed Look with me at the diagram, and you can see what I'm talking about here. So grace, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen? Amen. Grace, charis in the Greek, okay? God's grace to us. God generously brought his grace to us. Amen? Amen? But then 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As one has received the gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As one has received the gift, charisma. Do you see grace right there? Charisma, as you've received charisma, the gift, as good stewards of the manifold charis of God, minister it to one another. So as God's generosity comes to us, he wants us to be generous to others by ministering that gift. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, it says we're all members of one another, but our gift, charisma, is not all the same, because some have the gift of prophecy, some the gift of serving, some the gift of teaching, some the gift of exhorting, some the gift of being an administrator, some the gift of, of being a giver, some the gift of mercy. And he says, you have different gifts, but minister it to one another, charisma. Amen? Amen. And then 1 Corinthians twelve seven says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man that everyone may profit, and this also is charisma, God's gift through us, those are the power gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, right, the gift of miracles, the working of miracles, gifts of healing, okay, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, those gifts, so this is this is God's generosity, his grace to us, flowing through us to others, but then in char- Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, he says, as we have been forgiven, so give forgiveness charizomai. There's grace again right there. Charizomai. Give grace to one another by forgiving them. Mm. Have you ever thought about that giving forgiveness is giving grace? Right? We don't deserve it. Right? We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. Every one of us in this room, before Jesus comes into our life, we're all knotheads. But God's grace comes to us because He loves us. Amen? And so He says, Look, I want you to give that same love and that same forgiveness to others. And they probably don't deserve it. But you give it to them because I've forgiven you and my love is in you. And as my grace flowed to you, I want your grace to flow to How many see that? And then he says, when we do this, it flows back to God in thanksgiving. Eucharista, right there. Grace, right on the end of that. Eucharista. It flows back to God in thanksgiving. I bet you never thought about that your thankfulness is grace back to God. Your thankfulness is grace to everyone that has touched your life. Isn't that amazing? But look here, it's also the flow of generosity, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son his generosity And then that generosity flows this way, that flows this way. Okay, the very passage of scripture that Aaron read—we're going to look at a moment—it flows in generosity here. We're generous. We're generous with others because God's been generous to us. Amen. You know, that that person that constantly. Finds your last nerve and jumps up and down on it. (laughs) Mm. But we're going to be generous to them. Because God was generous to us. And then it generously flows back to God. How many see it? The flow of generosity. Isn't that amazing? Wow. But you know what? There's another principle involved here and is found in that passage Pastor Aaron read. He read a small portion of it. We're gonna read it in its its larger context in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Begin reading with me, would you please, at verse six. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, so that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, For God loves a cheerful giver. Let's stop right there a second. Notice the principles here. Have you ever forgiven someone because God dragged you there and you left skid marks all the way? Mm. No, no, no. Not grudgingly, he said. Be generous, not grudgingly. Come on, amen. But watch, he goes on. Please continue the next one for me read with me, and God is able to make all grace abound. Oh, there it is, Carice. You see it? God's able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. You see that? God wants us to have Abundance. Mmm, next one. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God, which causes Eucharista to God. Yes. Woo, look at that. Look at that. God wants multiplication in your life. There's, a, there's an incredible passage of scripture in the book of Deuteronomy that says God will give you the power to get wealth. But he doesn't want you to get the power to get wealth so that you can go out and buy a Lamborghini. Now, he may want to give you a Lamborghini. We went through a series of times when we were giving cars away and God was giving us more cars than we could drive. And we were giving them away. I'm serious. Gave away a Mercedes and God gave us two cars in place of that Mercedes. So we gave one of those away and then God gave us a Cadillac. And, and it was one of, those, one of those ones that was the big old boat. Remember those? I could have built an apartment in the back seat. <laughs> But but, you know, God is generous. And He wants us to flow in that same generosity because when we do, we open the door for Him to bring in the principle of multiplication. Do you see that? Now, dear, was this ties directly with another portion of Scripture? Lest someone think, well, you're just taking that one Scripture and, yeah. Okay, let's go to Proverbs chapter 11. Look at this one with me. Proverbs chapter 11, begin reading with me, please. There is one who scatters. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Join me, would you please? There is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, But blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but the trouble will come to him who seeks evil. But he who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. (laughs) Excuse me just a moment. I got so excited singing, I sang my voice out. (laughs) Can you go back to the previous verse for me? Look look what he's saying. Look, when when you're willing to be generous and you scatter your seed, you increase more. But when you hang on to it, You actually create a spirit of poverty. And there are many people that live in that spirit of poverty because they never have enough. And and what is tragic to me in this generation, in our American culture, is we are creating a spirit of entitlement, which is a spirit of poverty. We never have enough. We, never, we always want more. We're entitled to more. We're, we want more. We're entitled to more. And Almighty God says, when you do that, you're actually creating inside of you a poverty spirit, a poverty soul. But look what he says. But those who give generously, they will be made rich. And what? They're, they're, they're going to be watered even more. Because Almighty God wants you to learn the principle of multiplicity. Amen? Amen. When, when you sow one tomato seed, are you expecting a tomato? No. <clears throat> no, you're expecting a tomato plant, which hopefully will bring you many tomatoes. Amen? And it's the same It's throughout throughout God's creation. That is how it works. And God wants the same in our life. He wants us to learn how to live our life within the context of his principle of generosity so that his principle of multiplicity can operate within our life. Amen? Amen. Wow, what a blessing. And I gotta tell you, you, when you think about how this works in our life, that the generous heart will experience multiplicity, but we, we can tend, can't we tend to be a little selfish? Go ahead and go to the, to the slide for me, the, 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 the four principles of what, what King Solomon's point was here. When King Solomon wrote this in Proverbs 11, this, this was his point. First, the generous heart will experience multiplication, right? But the selfish and stingy heart will experience lack and even poverty. Amen? Yeah? But look, here's the next one. This is really critical. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. The one who withholds resources in the time of need will come under a curse. Mm. Remember he talked about it? He said, boy, you know, when you, when you withhold grain and you, know, and, and you know the grain is needed and you withhold it, that's not going to be fun for you. But the one who is generous in the time of need will experience bounty. Now, living, living church family, we have experienced that right here in the last few weeks. Many of you will remember two, two Sundays ago, on a Sunday morning, I took just a moment, and I said, I'm just going to share a quick need with you that our, our missionaries in the nation of Croatia have the opportunity to care for refugees from Ukraine. This was, this was very early on. They, they weren't even getting to the border yet, but we, but we found out we, we could be a portion. And the reason is because Dr. Mario Ducic, who is, who is our lead missionary there, he works with Samaritan's Purse. Back when refugees were coming out of Syria, okay, he, was, he was the lead for Samaritan's Purse there. And, and most of you know, he's, he's also the Operation Christmas Child representative for, for uh, Samaritan's Purse there. And, and just this opportunity came. And I said, I'm gonna share more with you tonight at Life Group by a video. We made the video, we shared. That was on Sunday, Monday morning, when our bookkeeper came in, now think about that. From Sunday morning to Monday morning, when our bookkeeper came in, we had over $3,400 already come in for Ukraine. We just were staggered by that and went, wow, God, what are you doing? So we immediately got that off to them. <clears throat> but here's the next thing. The next Sunday, last Sunday, Monday morning, when our bookkeeper came in, six Thousand more had come in for Ukraine, but we're not done yet. When we left the office on Thursday, we already had three thousand more that had come in, and this morning someone took me aside before service began and said, "Pastor, I've got another thousand for Ukraine." We're getting it there rapidly. It's getting over there. And uh, uh, Pastor Mario has shared with me, we've talked multiple times this week, and we're not only helping refugees coming out, but we have three pastors inside Ukraine that we're getting aid to because they're helping the needy there. There There are entire families and groups of families without food, without water, with, with with uh, they're, they're living in, in rubble, literally living in rubble, and we're, and we're helping get food to them and, and water to them and clothing to them to help them. Those that are escaping, uh, sometimes they have 15 minutes to leave. There was one couple that are dear friends because we have Ukrainian families in our church there in the city of Zagreb, and one of their friends that was in Kharkiv, the, the you know, one of the most bombed cities there, and, and they had lived 12 days in their basement as their home and stuff was bombed, their neighborhood was bombed. They ran out of water, they ran out of food, and, uh, and then they, 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 uh, they made the decision to try and escape to a city in the west now, you may have already heard the Russians are shooting refugees as they're escaping, and uh, and the families didn't hear from them for a few days. Yana and Yasha was the couple, but this couple made it safely to a city in the west. They are safe, but but what they've gone through is just staggering. And, but we're helping them in the country, but also we're helping refugees coming out. We have, we have uh, 10 refugees that are living in the city of Vereshdin. Uh, these are businessmen and women they own businesses that have been destroyed in the ukraine we've been able to help them get shelter get food get clothing but also we've helped them get contact with with uh, representatives from the croatian government that's going to help them open businesses there in croatia so that they can they can continue their 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 business so they'll be able to open their business there we have, we have so many refugees that we have brought into the city of Zagreb. We don't have room for any more in the city of Zagreb. And so we're making contact with other communities and, and finding apartments and things to help them. What is really awesome is that I talked with Mario and Bonnie. It was their afternoon. It was early morning here. But I talked with them this morning. And they had some of these refugees that they've helped that were in church worshiping with them today. In yeah. church worshiping with them today. It has become so large that we have hired an administrator that is administrating that portion so Pastor Mario can do his pastoral responsibilities because what they have to do, they have to drive to the border of, of uh, Hungary or the border of Poland and going to the... Uh, that's a 13-hour drive to Portland one way to, to, to get to Poland. I think I said Portland. To, to, get, to get to Poland... <laughs> Thankfully, it's not 13 hours to Portland. Although now I think about it, we may wish we could move it 13 hours away. <clears throat> but uh, that was a joke. Some were looking really sour at me. I just want you to know I was just joking, okay? But God, listen, your generosity... Your generosity is helping us do this, and because you have been extravagant in your generosity, I want you to understand God is going to bring multiplicity into your life. The principle of multiplication is just going to work, amen, yes. and it's going to work in our church family because we have been generous as a church family. It's going it's to flow back to us in multiplication, amen, amen. And I'm asking God, Father, I'm asking bring it back in soul saved, Lord. Bring your multiplication in soul saved, in lives delivered, in people set free. Come on, amen? amen. And people be healed, and miracles happening. Bring, bring the multiplication, Lord, and the generosity back to us. Amen? amen? So, Father, right now, in the authority of Jesus' name, would you lift your hands to him? Come on, lift your hands to him all over this room father in the authority of jesus name your principle of multiplication to be released across this congregation lord because because father in a time of need we have not held back we have given generously and extravagantly to your praise and to your glory. And Father, we are believing the principle of multiplication to be released into these families, into these lives, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and to this ministry that we will see many souls, Lord, multiply, Father, that the number of disciples will be multiplied to your praise and to your glory in Jesus mighty name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Wow, and this this just reminds me of a story that's found in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Mark and in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, John. I'm sorry. Yeah. Matthew, Luke and John. <laughs> I just have trouble leaving Mark out. He's just a cool guy. (laughs) Jesus had received word that John the Baptist had been beheaded by Herod Antipas. And Jesus was grieving. And so he he went into a, a, a wilderness area. It's actually an area that is north and east of the shore of Galilee, going towards the Golan Heights, called Bethsaida. The community of Bethsaida is there, but he was going into the region there, not into the community itself. And multitudes began following him. And when he got to the place where he was going to spend... Some time praying and just getting alone, he looked and here's this huge crowd of people. And the scripture says he had compassion on them, and so rather than just ignoring them, you, you just can't see Jesus ignoring anyone, can you? He began ministering to them, teaching them about the kingdom of God, but also healing the sick and and uh, doing miracles. And this lasted all day long. And into the evening. And it was past supper time or dinner time, whichever one you call it. And uh, the disciples said, uh, Jesus is getting late. These folks got to be getting hungry. I suspect they mentioned that because they were getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Jesus turned to Philip and he said, uh, uh, Philip, uh, uh, where can we buy food for these people? And Philip looked at him and said, Lord, if we had 200 denarii, we would only get enough food to each of them and maybe get a bite. Now 200 denarii is the same thing as saying if we had 200 days of salary, so about two-thirds of a year of salary, we would barely have enough food for these people. And, uh, and and then and then uh, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, walks up and he goes, "Well, hey, we, uh, there's a boy over here, and he has his lunch with him. He has he has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what is that with this crowd? Because folks, the crowd was five thousand men, plus those who had wives and kids with them." And he's looking at that five little barley loaves, and we're talking about five barley loaves. We're talking about the round kind of pita bread kind of thing, you know, about that big around. Five of those and two small fish, 5,000 people. And Andrew goes, What is that with this crowd? Here's Jesus' words It's enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's enough. It's enough. I mean, he is stretching the faith of his disciples because his next words were, have them sit down in, in, uh, in groups of 50. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what they're thinking? What's he up to? And then Jesus blesses the five loaves and two small fish, and he says, uh, uh, feed them. And they start feeding. him. Now I don't know if the bread and fish started multiplying as he blessed it, or if it started multiplying as they started breaking it to go, you know, the, among the twelve of them to, to go. Okay, you take. Okay, we'll break, Okay, you take these two pieces and you take this this tail of this fish and you take. And they started breaking it out. You know what I'm saying? And as they start breaking it out, suddenly as they start breaking it out and they start serving it, it just keeps multiplying. And it just keeps multiplying. And as they're feeding these thousands of people, it just keeps multiplying. Right. And the Scripture says all of them ate as much as they wanted to eat. So it's not like each person got a little piece. You know, yeah. you know kind of like communion. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like that. You know, you had, you had some guy the side of Lucas going, Yeah. Yeah, okay. I need I need five of those loaves myself. And he eats and everybody ate as much as they wanted. And when they get done, Jesus goes, "Don't don't 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 waste the bread. Collect what's left over." And so they went around and they collected and they had 12 baskets full of bread when they got done. They started with 5. They have 12 baskets full of bread. They started with 5. They had 12 baskets full. Amen. Come on, amen? amen. Woo. Now You're going to go, well, yeah, that's a miracle of Jesus. But listen, I can tell you, in 1980, we were at our summer conference. We were, we were, at that time, we, were, we, we had taken a really broken work in, in Tumwater, Washington, and we were helping it get back to life-giving ministry. It was really, really broken. And we had a daycare. Juan and I were at, at summer conference in, uh, in, in the, uh, outside of Tacoma at a campground, and I got a phone call in the middle of the morning meeting. Uh, I was called out, and I went. It, was, it was our daycare director, Barbara, and she said, Pastor, we've got a problem. I said, tell me about the problem. She said, we, we, we only have a half a loaf of bread, and it's time for the kids' lunch, for me to prepare the kids lunch and and I, I think at that time we had over 20 kids in the daycare and she goes well i we got a half a loaf of bread i don't know what to do and i said well here's what we're going to do uh because she said that we don't we, we don't have any money in the petty cash fund and i said here's what we're going to do you lay hands on that loaf of bread and i'm going to pray right now and i prayed in the authority of jesus name and then i hung up the phone and i went back into the meeting and i and uh and About 30 minutes later, I get called out again. You got another phone call. I went, it was Barbara again, and she's yelling on the phone, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe this. You are not going to believe this. I have prepared all the kids this lunch. I've served all the kids, and I have a half a loaf of bread. (laughs) See, there's a principle here. It's the principle that when you are willing to flow in generosity, multiplication comes in. It's just a part of it. That's how it works. That's a part of God's principle. I want to share with you just some quick principles out of this this true thing that happened with Jesus when he fed these 5,000 men plus their wives and kids. Okay, here's the first principle. Go for me, would you please? Uh, say it with me, a generous spirit and multiplication require a compassionate heart. It all started with Jesus having compassion on the crowd. He had compassion. See, it's it's when you don't have compassion that you lock up your generosity in the time of need. It's when you don't have compassion. It's when you can't see it. It's exactly the opposite of what Living Faith Church has right now. We have opened our heart in a time of need. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. With a level of generosity that is staggering. Yeah. But it starts there. You have to see the need of people and be willing to touch that need, not run from it. Remember, the leper comes to Jesus and Jesus goes, what do you want? He says, you know, if you're willing, you could make me whole. Jesus' words, I'm willing. Here's the next principle. Read it with me. God just wants to use what's in your hand. Just wants to use what's in your hand. Moses, he had a stick. And he defeated the greatest army on planet earth at that time with a stick how about david he's going out to meet the champion the champion of gath nine and a half foot tall goliath now it started with saul going you better take my armor son and David puts on the armor, and it drags on the ground, and he's, he's going, I, I'm not used to this. I can't do this. This doesn't work for me. He takes it all back off, and Saul goes, what are you going to do? He goes, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on Goliath the same way I took on the bear, the same way I took on the lion. You betcha. I'm not, I, and what does he do? He goes, and he grabs a slingshot, a rock and a slingshot. Then he goes and faces this experienced warrior. God just wants to use what's in your hand. The widow, she had a copper coin. There, there. Here's this boy. He's got a lunch. Five and two small fish. Five, two small fish. 5,000 men plus kids. Five, two small fish. Five, two small fish. What's in your hand? You see, so many of us, we aren't generous because they we go, well, I just don't have very much. I just don't have much. I don't, I don't have much. I don't have much. God doesn't need much. He just wants what's in your hand, and will you have a willing heart? Because when you have a willing heart, when you have a compassionate heart, when you have a generous spirit, God takes what's in your hand, and he multiplies it, and it becomes mighty to him. Amen. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Here's a third one. Would you read it with me? Multiplication, read it with me. Multiplication happens through heavenly Father blessing that which you're willing to generously share whether it is small or abundant. Look around the room. No, seriously, I mean, look around the room. Look around the room. There are no rich people in this room monetarily. But now look around the room again. You are, I mean, seriously, look around the room. You are looking at very wealthy people with a generous spirit. That's what you assume. And because of that, God could take what was in your hand. Whether it was small or whether it was abundant. That's all he wants. Will you let me bless what you have in your hand? Will you let me bless it? Because when I do, it'll multiply. It'll multiply. Yes, it will. Here's the last one. Read it with me. Multiplication is the result of someone taking a step of faith and becoming a generous, sometimes extravagantly generous. Now look, have you ever thought about this? So Andrew goes over and goes, oh, you got a lunch. Can we have your lunch? Now, he wasn't wanting three of the loaves and one fish so that the boy had two loaves and one fish. He was wanting all of it. And I don't think Andrew or the boy at that moment knew that when he got done, he would have more than he started with. But the boy was generous and willing to give his whole lunch with the high possibility they ain't nothing coming back, baby. Because there's 5,000 people here. I mean, he had no idea what Jesus was going to do with those five loaves and two little fish. But Jesus knew. Philip didn't know. Andrew didn't know. That boy didn't know. But Jesus knew. Amen? Amen. But because that boy had a generous heart and was willing to just go, sure. Sure, you can have my lunch. And give generously, even for him, extravagantly. You got it all. (laughs) You got everything I got. I don't have any lunch left. You got it all. He was willing... Oh, man, because he was willing to just give it all and give extravagantly. Wow, he got back extravagantly. Come on, amen? Amen. Woo! Can't you see him going home that day? And he comes home hauling all this bread. And his mom goes, where did you get that? (laughs) Would that be tough to explain to mom? You sent, me, you sent me out with five loaves, I come back with 12 baskets full. <laughs> that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. But see, that's what Father wants to do in your life. But I gotta tell you, the most generous, the most generous and the most extravagant gift ever given was Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. All of mankind was afflicted with sin and selfishness. We still are afflicted when we come out of the womb. We're afflicted with selfishness and sin. There's never been a baby born to us that comes out of the womb and looks at mom and goes... Mom, uh, I know you're really busy, but when you get a chance, could you change my diaper? It's kind of poopy. Doesn't go, hey, 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 big sister, uh, when you get a chance, could you bring me a bottle? I'm kind of I'm hungry. No, 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 no. We all know what it is, right? And they scream until they get what they want, right? Because we're, we're, we're born with that selfish heart. We're born with that selfish spirit. And as you get older, you have to teach them not to be selfish. You have to teach them to tell the truth. You have to teach them. You don't have to teach them to tell a lie. You don't have to teach them to to do the other. No, no, no. you got to teach them how to have a good heart. Amen? Because we're born with a sinful heart. We're born with a selfish heart. And because of that, it brings destruction. The Scripture says the wages of sin is Death. Now, it's not just physical death. Yes, that also. But between now and the grave, you and I, when we will not let Jesus take care of our heart, our selfishness and our sinfulness will bring the death of bitterness, the death of anger, the death of depression, the death of despair, the death of hopelessness, the death of broken relationships, and on and on and on. It just brings these these things that bring emotional death, mental death, relationship death it brings death into our life that is what sin does but the lord jesus christ went to the cross of calvary and he died in our place and heavenly father laid upon him the iniquity of us all he took all of that and he laid it on jesus so jesus could die in our place he died in your place it doesn't get any more extravagant than that and then he went to the grave so that your life of sin could be buried to never live again. And then he walked out of that grave on the third day so that he could say to you and I, you can now live in newness of life. You can have a new life. You can have a new heart. You can be free from sin. That's what Jesus did. Now, what an extravagant gift.